Chapter Seven of Silver Chimes in Syria, Glimpses of a Missionary's Experiences. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Seven: Camping Life. At the close of a tour one spring, Mrs. Nelson and I were compelled to reach home on a fixed date because of the expected arrival of guests the weather had been unpropitious and the rains heavy for the season of the year at one point we had been shut in for several days by a snowstorm and all the rivers were unusually high we had a broad plain to cross intersected by three rivers which must be forded the rain had been persistent but ceased on the day we were obliged to start for home we reached the first river after about an hour's ride and crossed it successfully the water coming near to the girths of the saddles the second river was reached and crossed without serious difficulty but from there onward the entire plain seemed to be under water and our horses splashed along through water and mud without interruption toward sundown we neared the last stream and congratulated ourselves that just beyond it we should find the carriage road and a dry place for the night our road lay through a wretched little nuserie village just before reaching the river and as we passed the houses we were hailed by many voices assuring us that the river could not be forded with safety i did not believe this at first thinking it merely a ruse to compel us to spend the night in their village such an event would be more or less profitable to the people who would provide our necessities for a consideration even if there was no thought of robbery which was quite possible also we waited for our muleteers as they were familiar with the stream and would be able to decide whether we could cross or not their verdict agreed with the statement of the villagers so we were obliged to negotiate for a lodging-place after some parley we were allowed to stop in the sheikh's public room there was not a dry spot about the town but by riding up close to the door we were able to dismount on a large log and then jump across a mud puddle to the door sill and so enter the room assigned to us it would be hard to make anyone who has not seen such houses realize what this room was like it was about twenty feet square with one door and no window the lack of this latter was partly supplied by the fact that the wall of the house had tumbled in at one corner leaving a ragged hole through which light and air entered freely the floor was of dirt and at two levels one half which was used to accommodate people was reached by a high step and was comparatively dry in the middle of this higher floor was a smouldering wood fire from which the smoke had colored the roof timbers a shiny black the lower half of the floor was on a level with the ground outside or even a little lower and was decidedly muddy this section was for the accommodation of horses and cattle when our party was all inside so that we could take a census we found that the occupants of the room for the night were to be besides myself and my wife the three muleteers a cook and a syrian maid accompanying us to the city we were in the higher part of the room in the other part were two horses four mules a goat and a calf 
these were the visible animals and any one who has travelled under similar conditions will appreciate what is meant when i say there were myriads of other creatures which made themselves known through other senses than sight the sheikh was seated by the fire warming himself and gave us a scant welcome we took such a supper as we were able to provide in the circumstances and prepared to be as comfortable as possible for the night one of the men had been suffering from malaria and so i prepared for him and others in the party a dose of quinine after the fatigue and exposure of the day the sheikh immediately asked what it was and desired a dose for himself and the other men present it was the same principle as that which makes bargain sales attractive something is going cheap or gratis and so i must have it whether i need it or not doses were given out to all who wished for it for a few grains of quinine seldom go amiss in this country conversation was not very lively about that smoky fire as we were tired and there were not many topics of common interest at length our cook thought he would facilitate matters a little he had lived with foreigners long enough to know the advantage of appealing to the gallantry of men toward the ladies so he said in his most ingratiating tone to the sheikh the lady is tired and would like to go to sleep well let her do so there is no objection with a scarcely restrained chuckle the cook subsided for a time and then tried again saying this time the effendi gentleman is tired and would be much obliged if you would leave so that he may sleep this was a different proposition and seemed to meet something of a response shortly one of those present got up and went over into the corner of the room where he spread out his cloak and proceeded to his moslem devotions when he was through another followed him with equal deliberation and we began to doubt whether we should sleep before morning at length the last one withdrew and we were left to ourselves including the attendants and animals mentioned before we spread our camp bedsteads in the driest part of the room and made ready to sleep it was not long however before the rain began to fall and very soon the roof began to leak over our heads we spread rubber coats over ourselves and raised our umbrellas over our heads and tried to see the humor of the situation at early dawn we were up and packed our goods for a new start the river had fallen sufficiently in the night to permit our crossing though with some difficulty on the farther bank we found a party of people waiting until the stream should subside sufficiently to allow them to cross with their small donkeys every summer it is necessary to make a change from the heat of the plain to the more bracing air of the mountains this is not a vacation for the missionary's work goes on with little variation wherever he may be but it involves a change of base and the setting up of a simple household in different surroundings in those earlier years the mountain life was exceedingly simple and the means of transportation most crude the village of hadeth is accessible from tripoli and in a beautiful situation directly opposite the famous grove of cedars of lebanon it lies on a ridge in the mountains at an elevation of some forty five hundred feet above the sea more than one season have we spent in the house of old abu maroon the village carpenter the house consisted of four large rooms opening on a long arched porch which extended the full length of the house 
the floors were of dirt and the walls roughly plastered with mud we rented three of these rooms the owners occupying the fourth the partitions between the rooms were made of brushwood plastered on both sides with mud these partitions extended only about three-fourths of the way to the roof leaving ample space above for ventilation and conversation the uncovered twigs and small branches at the top of these partitions made an attractive artistic feature very pleasing to many of our visitors one of the regular household duties in those mountain houses was the renewing of the mud on the floors every week or two it was necessary to remove everything from the rooms spread a fresh coat of watery mud over the floor and polish it off with a smooth round stone kept for the purpose we could then anticipate reasonable freedom from fleas for another period the only way to reach a summer resort was on horseback over very rough bridle paths all furniture had to be transported by mules in like manner folding chairs and tables camping utensils and necessary bedding had to be made into suitable bundles indispensable supplies had to be provided and mules secured to carry all to the mountains it was a long hard day's ride and the party was sure to be pretty tired the first night of arrival but the renewed vigor in the fresh mountain air gave new strength for the resumption of life on the hotter plain in the fall and it was well worth all the trouble it cost when it is possible to secure a week or two for real rest there is no more delightful way to accomplish the purpose than to make a camp in the cedar grove this clump of trees lies in a basin in the higher mountains about six thousand feet above sea level on the east and north and somewhat on the south the mountains rise about this great amphitheatre to about four thousand feet more being the highest mountains anywhere in syria large patches of snow lie perpetually on these highest mountains but the slopes are bare having no trees nor shrubs beyond clumps of thorns and scanty grass where the melting snows afford some moisture flocks of goats range over these barren slopes gaining a scanty subsistence in the days of solomon and hiram of tyre these mountains were probably covered with cedar forests nowadays only small sections are so covered though on many of the bare heights the people still dig up the old stumps of great cedar trees which they sell for fuel in the cities on the entire mountain range there is left no single grove of really ancient cedars except the one of which i have spoken known among the people as the cedars of the lord or simply as the cedars it is impossible to speak with certainty of the age of these great trees but from what we know of their slow growth and the size of many of the trunks it is safe to place their age in the thousands of years there are more than four hundred trees in the grove and their reputed sanctity has protected them from destruction some forty years ago one of the governors of mount lebanon had a wall built enclosing the grove and a guardian appointed this affords protection from goats and now a number of small trees are growing up to perpetuate the grove in generations to come if proper steps were taken for reforesting the whole of lebanon there would be a great improvement in many ways and the agricultural wealth of the country would be greatly increased 
to establish a camp among these grand old trees is a most delightful way to spend a short vacation the silence of the nights under the spreading branches the fragrance of the foliage the soothing sigh of the breeze among the tree-tops the beautiful and ever-changing colors on the higher mountain slopes the beautiful outlook to the west over the narrow valley out to the distant mediterranean all these influences tend to quiet the tired nerves refresh the exhausted brain and draw the discouraged heart back to quiet and rest in the hand of the master End of chapter seven